All right, today we're going to be talking about chapter 7, which talks about the selection of Jesus' disciples. And I'm going to read, like we always say, 10 verses above or something along those lines of our memory verse, which is going to be John chapter 1, verse 41. And so we'll start at verse 29. It says, the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who was preferred before me, and he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. Verse 32, and John bore witness, saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the spirit descending, and remaining on him, this is he who baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. That's a very key point. And what are we going to share today? The first disciples, 35. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the 10th hour. Verse 40, one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated to Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated, uh, translated a stone. Now, can someone tell me what a disciple is or the meaning of a disciple? A follower. Uh-huh. What's a key word in disciple that's also another word? Disciple. Discipline. A disciple is a disciplined one. And so while Jesus was starting his ministry, he wasn't just looking for people that desired to follow him. He wasn't looking for people that was like, oh, that's cool. That's a nice movement. Or that's something I don't mind being a part of. But a disciple is one who is disciplined. A disciplined one who follows a teacher's disciplines. So what's a discipline? You can look it up on, online too, but you can give me a definition. Yeah, what's a discipline? Uh, something that causes like a restriction to yourself. A restriction to yourself to produce what kind of result? Uh, better result. A better result. So say that first part again. Uh, something that like restricts you. Restricts. <clears throat> so that you can have a better result. A better result. What are some things people are disciplined with or in? Yes, sir. School. School. What are some other things people are disciplined in? Yes, sir. The way they act. act. One other. What is something else that someone is disciplined in or with? Say it again. Their mind. So we see that a disciple is an individual 
who follows a set of disciplines to produce a result. So we said there's people who's disciplined at school, disciplined with their mind, disciplined with their actions. Now, what results is evident in a person who's disciplined in school? The grades. What about the mind? Who said the mind? The mind. What, what are some outcomes of a person disciplined in the mind? What kind of results? Thinking different. Thinking better, process. What about actions? Or anyone can contribute, but if you want to add one. Not acting out? Positive attitude, good. So each and every one of us have a set of disciplines. Now, each and every one of you are following or is following someone or something. The question I have for you, whose disciple are you? What artist, what actor, what influencer, what individual are you a disciple of? What set of disciplines are you in installing into your life and what results will it produce? That's why the, uh, most people who rolled or raised their hand or most people went down to the altar were never converted. There's a lot of Christians by name alone, but not Christians by conversion. Conversion means there was a supernatural change that occurred in your life. And so a lot of us, we desire to follow God because, oh, man, this might get me out of hell. Or I'm going to follow God because this may get me some perks or some benefits. Or I'm going to follow God because that's all I've known. That's what my parents taught me. That's what the church has told me. But a true fruit or evidence that you are truly a follower of God is that you're disciplined. In areas that will ensure that you produce the results. Who do we want to be like? <clears throat> Jesus, right? And, and if we want to be like him, then we ask, we have to ask ourselves, who is he? And so when you think about your desires, and by you guys being in ninth grade, I totally understand. Some of you guys may not have lived long enough or have experienced God long enough to, to really understand what it means to follow him. The Bible says, if anyone desires to follow me, Jesus speaking, he said he must first what? Deny, Deny himself. What's the next one? Take up his cross. Up his cross. What's the third one? And follow. So in order for me to follow... now. Is someone who's following you really a follower? No. A person who's a real follower of you or yours once is someone who follows through. Now, I have across all platforms probably have 80,000, 80,000 plus individuals that follow me. Just because they subscribe doesn't mean they subscribe. Just because they follow doesn't mean they follow. I had someone post on my video the other day. And she was like, it was on Instagram, and she was like, uh, oh, man, I just found you again. Like, she said, seven, eight years ago, when you put your uh, Purpose of Singleness book out, I followed your movement, I followed you, but it's good to know that you're still going. So she followed seven, eight years ago, probably just dropped, not because of me or whatever, but because other influencers or whatever. Now she's back, right? So just because we say we follow God doesn't mean we're willing to follow through. The first step into following God and truly being a disciple of his, I must what? Number one, what? Deny. deny. What are some things we must deny to be a disciplined or a disciple individual that follows Jesus? What are some things we have to Yes, sir. Not 
Your flesh. Your flesh. Now, why is our flesh anti-discipline? Yes. Exactly. We don't even know, like, bro, like, that's why when I said something maybe a few weeks ago, I was like, man, I'm evil. And I was like, dang, Mr. Ezzy, I probably told your mom, like, Mr. Ezzy, evil. Now, evil doesn't mean I had to go murder somebody. Evil doesn't mean that I go slept with another woman. That's not evil. Evil is in us. Evil is an ingredient of us. Evil is something that, like, you don't know what you're capable of until you test it. Like, like I, I can't say that I'm not a murderer. I haven't been in a position to murder, right? But, but I have to make sure I'm cognizant of... Yo, the fact that I know that I'm fallen, the fact that I know that that I'm not uh, perfect, evil, or being aware that I'm not who I need to be, cleans me to God. God, I desperately need you to be a faithful husband. God, I need you to be there for my daughter. I need you. And if I don't have that need, then I'm going to feed the flesh. Discipline says when I pass Bojangles, man, it sure would be nice. <laughs> to go to go in that Bojangles line and get me a uh, what, what y'all get from Bojangles? What y'all typically get? Oh, I forgot y'all kids. Y'all like them little tenders. Y'all don't do the bone in occasion fillet biscuit, egg and cheese. I'm talking about y'all don't do the chicken in the afternoon. Y'all just, y'all like Bojangles for breakfast. Yeah, I understand. But there's a store, there's a restaurant that if you had your license and you had your own car, how what place would y'all be like? Man, I just can't pass by this place by going that drive through. Jack in the Box, Chick Fil A, Zaxby's. So now, so when you think about it, our flesh is going to flesh, and, and in order for me to really be a disciplined one, I got to examine what type of results do I want in my life. Now, what are some results that you want to have in your life ten years from now? Yes. A few degrees, rich money, yes. Oh, oh j- within ten years. All right. So now, if you want those results, then you have to have a certain regimen. Regiments helps with discipline. So a lot of us we want the results, but the issue is not like the candy. The candy says now is it now or later or now and later. Now or later, right now. That phrase is something that we have to make sure we process because the greatest battle you're going to ever face inwardly is between now and later. What makes now and later such a wrestling match inside of us? Uh, lazy. lazy. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So now, what you say? What you say? Uh, I said desire to get it. Like. Desire to get. It. So now, delayed gratification is a discipline. Delayed gratification says I could be satisfied now, but I'm going to delay it. Now and later is one of those dangerous conflicts because a lot of the stuff we want now is not going to benefit us later. What are some things that we do now that will hurt us later? Typically, drugs. drugs. So drugs will make you. I don't know if well. No, he's just giving an example. I'm not saying he's doing the drugs. But just in case, drugs now, they may benefit you. They'll give you a temporary high. But who wants temporary highs when you celebrate or serve the most high? When you think about the most high, my relationship with God, I've never done drugs, but I've done things that 
may have made me feel worthy in the moment, may have made me felt great in the moment, may have made me felt like, wow, this is great. But when I begin to invest in relationship with God, there is no sweeter, better place to be than in fellowship and in harmony with God. That's the highest you will ever get. What are some of the things that people do now that, that destroys their life later? We said drugs, temporary high versus sustained high. Uh, junk food. Junk food. Social, social media. Huh? Yeah, so all those different things, they benefit you now. Now, the devil's strategy is to own your now and later. That's why they say like his main thing is from the womb to the tomb. Like he wants you from the womb all the way to the tomb. Because he knows that if I got you from the womb to the tomb, then you have no impact for the kingdom of God. And so denying yourself says, man, listen, I can't trust myself. I need to submit myself to a higher power. I need to start evaluating the results that I want in my life. Because right now in this room, separation is being made. I don't know if I did this with you all. So there's a big separation being made. Everybody's here. You know, when you're in the mall, they'd be like, you're here, the little dot. When you lost in the mall, directory says a little dot. All of us are here. Some people right now are slowly going up. Some people are slowly going down, but nobody really knows where someone's going right now. Somebody can assume, oh, my classmate, oh, he, oh, he ain't going to be successful. And someone can look at somebody in this room and be like, oh, we know she's going to be successful. He's going to be successful. But we don't know until time. Right now, the people that I've graduated with, there's been people, I'm like, people probably, we assume was going to be successful, but they're not successful right now. There's people that we looked at, oh, man, he ain't paid no attention in class, or he was... He was wild and now he owns a business or two. Right now, you never know because we don't know where a person's headed. But the results, a person may be headed this way and say, you know, I'm going to make a change. Someone headed this way, A's in school, successful, whatever, whatever. And then next thing you know, they drop off. Do you know our valedictorian in my class? who's a real close friend of mine, probably one of my closest friends, committed suicide? How could someone who was a valedictorian of their class, straight A's, kill themselves? So everybody assumed she was going this way, but dropped off. So you got to examine, what am I doing now that's going to benefit me later? Who am I a disciple of? What are my disciplines? Because I'm going to tell you something in life. You're never going to be successful off a of desire alone. What are some things y'all desire? I mean, it's Christmas coming up, but beyond Christmas, like life desires. Some of y'all desire to be married. Who wants to be married? Aw. All right, who wants to have kids? Aw. <laughs> like, who, who wants a big house? Land. Cause. Finally got a hand up. You, want, you don't want to be married, no kids, you just want a car. <laughs> I'm messing with, I'm messing with, I'm messing with. So, so we all have desires. Do you know desires expire? Disciplines don't. So when you say, hey, I want a marriage, I got to have the disciplines or skills for a marriage. 
If I want children, you have to have the disciplines or skills for children. If you want to have a house, do you know most people, the reason why they rent because they can't afford to own a home? So when you rent a house or lease a house, if something happens to the hot water heater, that's not necessarily your responsibility. You'll call them the maintenance people and they'll come and fix it. But if you own that house, the expenses are a little bit higher. So everybody wants to obtain a thing, but they can't maintain a thing. Getting married, having a wife, it's cool. It's easy to get a, it's easy to get a person, but it's hard to keep a person. It's easy to make a kid, but it's hard to ensure that kid is successful. It's easy to get a house, quote unquote, but it's hard to keep one. So desires alone expire, but disciplines don't. But the one who holds the ultimate disciplines is Jesus, who should be the one that we uh, adhere to his teachings. Because his principles, his teachings, the Bible, which is the acronym for basic instruction for leaving earth, are principles that will help you succeed. So let's go back and read. It says, and John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize water said to me, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the water, with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the son of God. Now, in order for you to truly be a disciple, John witnessed. John was like, it was prophesied to me that the one that I saw a dove fall upon and remains on him. That's truly the son of God. He says, I may baptize with water. So that shows that John was a great teacher. Yes or no? He was, right? John the Baptist was such a great teacher that he was a prerequisite teacher to bring in the ultimate teacher. So even though John was an amazing teacher, he, did, he couldn't baptize with the spirit. He could only baptize with water. What does that say about us? I ain't that good. So even if I'm a good speaker, or a good teacher, I just can baptize with water. The real teacher who is teaching through me can really baptize with you with fire. So in order for me to be a true disciple of Jesus, I have to first witness. He says, and I have seen and testified that this is the son of God until Jesus is clear to you as the one that can save you. You won't be a disciple. Have you truly seen him? Testified him. Now, I, maybe I got to make sure I get into y'all's brains because for me, I can comprehend it, but I'm not saying y'all can't. But people in this room will say, I've never seen the man. How can I testify about a man I never saw? How, how can I um, uh, be like John? John literally dapped up Jesus. Yo, cuz. Like he actually saw the flesh and blood. So that can build someone's faith. If you saw, you know, like there's one, there's one uh, uh, way. Like if I watch a basketball game, it's cool. But when I was there at the game, it's a different experience. Watch it on TV, you'd be like, oh, okay. But when you're there, I remember when I was a young kid, it was uh, the Bulls versus the Hornets. And, of course, I was in public school, and so, you know, they gave kids tickets. And so my class went to a Hornets and Bulls game, and they had us by the tunnel. And so I'm, I'm you know, at the tunnel with everybody, you know what I'm saying? I touched Michael Jordan's shoulder. As he walked by, I was like, Mike. And I, I was a kid. I was naive. But I was like, that's Michael Jordan. So... I've seen Michael Jordan on screen, but as a fifth grader, I saw Michael Jordan physically. That right there, that's why when people say LeBron, I'm like, man, but you ain't never touched Michael Jordan's shoulder, fam. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, you ain't seen Michael in person, right? 
So I can understand why there may be some difficulty in you and I having faith in a man we never saw. Now, who's one person that's deceased or a person that was um, a historical figure that inspires you today? Whose actions still motivate you? Whose words still encourages you? Who's a person? Or who's a person you've never met? You only saw on television or you only saw on your computer, but it inspires you. Who's that individual? I don't care if it's secular. I'm not going to judge you. Yes, sir. Kyler Murray. So, oh, the football player, Kyler Murray. And what about him inspires you? Oh, his mentality. Mentality. And you've never met him in person, right? Anybody else? Who's somebody? You, yes. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. You've seen him? No, but, I haven't seen him. I mean, but you've seen him? Like, yeah. His, his like, mentality, like, you know, like, he uplifts the team. He tells them to, like, go be special. Like, he believes in his team and, like, you know, like, and he believes in God. And whenever, like, you know, the game ends, they win or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Even if they lose, he still gives his thanks to God. That's what I like about him because, like, his mentality. Mentality. So those both are good. Anybody else? Ty Say it again, Ty Trippett. So now, oh, why Ty Trippett? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Why, why Ty? I always liked him as I Yeah, I heard a story about he um he created I forgot what song he created. It was a uh, popular secular song, but I didn't even know that he was in these studios. Cry me a river, that's what it was. And I, he was the one that he made the piano version. No, y'all know that song. That's one of the top songs I liked growing up. Justin Timberlake. And so you'll be surprised anyway. But yeah, Todd did that. So these people you've never met before, but they inspired you. The same as with Jesus. Even though those people are real. Like you can actually literally go to a Kansas City Chiefs game. What color? Color plays who? Cardinals. Cardinals. I'm, I forgot. I just forgot. Cardinals. Oh, all right. Cardinals. <laughs> and then Ty Trippett play. You could go to a concert right now and possibly meet him. But do you know there's a person more real than they are? Just because, like for instance. If someone walked in this room and they said, I don't believe in air, you'll be like, what? You stupid, right? Why? Why would you say that person's stupid or dumb? So can you see air? Well, it depends. I feel you put some dust in the wind. You can see. But but typically, 98 percent of the time, can you see air? But is air always there? If air wasn't there, what would happen? We, we were all dropped. So just like air is real, even though we may not see it, but it's contributing to us breathing. Jesus is real. And his spirit is in you. Leading you. So John was like, yo, I've actually seen and testified. That's why testimonies are important. What's a testimony? Telling a story from your experience, good news. So if I told you, I remember people listen, they love my story about how I met my wife. And the single people, the people that's like, man, I want what you got, Mr. Like, or Coach Josh. They'll be like, man, say it again. (laughs) I want to hear your story again because it encourages them. The same is with Jesus. 
It's like, yo, look at your life and be like, well, that time you should have been kidnapped. <laughs> Some of y'all should have been trafficked, trafficked, whatever the phrase is. Some of y'all should have been dead, sleeping in your grave, like the old folks say. Uh, but, but he was faithful. Some of y'all, have you ever been in a per place where you didn't have a dollar to your name? And you really wanted that sandwich at the game. And then someone slides you a $5 bill. That, that was a moment. So John, just like you have testified and seen not just him. Like, it's cool to see Jesus because they oftentimes called him teacher. Teacher didn't really mean nothing. But when they called him the son of God, what's the difference between a teacher and a son of God? What's the difference? Someone called him a teacher. Someone called him son of God. What's the biggest difference? Okay, I'll say it like this. If I only see him as a teacher, then Mr. S is a good teacher, too. Muhammad is a good teacher. Like all these people are good teachers. But if you call someone the son of God, there's only one of one of that. There's a lot of decent teachers, a lot of good teachers, a lot of good pastors, a lot of good whatever. But there's one person who's one of one. <laughs> like, like who's the goat of football? In y'all's opinion. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, we see, we see, uh, okay. Someone would say Tom Brady, right? Can there be two goats in, in sports? Can there literally be two goats? Why? Because the phrase says what? Greatest of all time, right? And so when you think about that, you can look at Jesus and be like, oh, he's a good teacher or he's whatever, but do I really know him? See, if you only know Jesus as Savior, you're only getting half of him. What's the other half of him? It's an L word. Lord. What's the difference between someone who only sees Jesus as a savior and someone who sees him savior and Lord? Go ahead. Yes, where? Great. Perfect. Savior says, I acknowledge that you did save me. Now, the Bible says, for God so loved the what? That he did what? And finish it out for me. That word, whoever, it's a powerful word in that verse. Just because he loved the whole world doesn't mean the whole world will be saved. So Jesus salvation, what he provides Paid the price for everybody to have a ticket to heaven. But will everybody take that ticket to heaven? Yeah. That's a lot of people who's going to be like, man, I knew he was Lord. I mean, I knew he was a savior. There's a lot of worship songs about he saved me or he loved me or he. But what about songs of lordship? Lord is a difficult thing. Lordship says, I own you. <laughs> like, like all of us are a slave to something. And so. It's interesting how people would be like, I don't I don't necessarily want to follow God. I don't want him to be Lord of my life. But you do have a Lord over your life. There's literally something in your life that controls you. That you follow that the moment, for instance, you can't even leave the kitchen without eating a whole bag of chips. You can't even leave a, a certain a place without looking at a girl a certain way. You can't even like there's something a Lord over you. And so when you think about that, you be like, man, I'd rather be a slave to Christ if we're all going to be slaves to someone in our lives. 
Because he's going to be a Lord that's gentle. That's kind of, I'm pretty sure back in slavery, there were some people that was like, man, I'm, I don't want to be free because my, my slave master was actually all right. <laughs> Do you know there were some slave owners that was actually nice? You know, not all slave owners, even though slavery in of itself generally was a bad thing. I'm pretty sure some people was like, man, my master was cool. You know, I mean, I ain't trying to leave. Master fed us good. We was in the house on the couch sleeping. Everything was good. There were some actually slave masters that were good people. I'm not saying that, you know, that was a uh, thing that we want to pursue again. But what I am saying is, is that if we're going to be slaves... If we're going to be slaves, shouldn't we be slaves to the one that rose from the grave? So John the Baptist like, yo, I've seen and testified that he is the son of God. He's one of one. He didn't testify. So, oh, Jesus was a great teacher. I testify. Oh, that the oratorical skills, man. Oh, man, he can he can preach heaven down. <laughs> but he was heaven that came down. Right. But he was not just a good teacher. He was one of one. Again, the next day, John still with two of his disciples. So John was with his boys. Chilling. He didn't know his boys going to leave him. <laughs> and again, the next day, John still with his two disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. <clears throat> so not only did he testify, but he beheld him being the Lamb of God, the one that would be slain. For all of us, the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. So imagine how John felt like, fam, y'all was helping me dump people in the water. Y'all was with me. Y'all my boys. And then here comes this other man. Jesus walking by and your two boys leaving. That's not tough. Another day. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following said to them, what do you seek? Now, first, John testified, said it was the Christ. His boys started following. What's the question he asked? He says, what? Do you seek? When you read the Gospels, you will see, and this is a good debating tactic that Jesus used. When someone asks a question, you answer it with a question. Why is that a good tactic? Debating or, 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 convert, convert, uh, or talking to someone. Yes. Yep. To be prepared, giving you some some uh, extra time. What's another reason why people will, or Jesus answered a question with a question or typically did that? Here's the reason why I do it and the reason why it's a good tactic. So if someone asks you a question, um, just ask me a random question. All right. That's fine. What's your name? Well, don't tell me your name. The reason why a person will ask a question with a question is for clarity. Like, who am I talking to? Before I give you a valuable information of mine, before I give you the hope that's in me, before, that's why when kids be coming to my office in middle school, I'll be like, what do you seek? <laughs> like, are you, are, you, are you suicidal? Are you struggling? Or are you just trying to take up my time? Like, what do you seek? Are you going to use me to miss class? What do you seek? So if they be like, Miss Ed's going to talk to you, what are you, what are you seeking? I don't say it like that, but I'm just using this as context. But what do you, what do you really want to meet me for? Because I could really be taking a nap right now. And you want to talk to me about little, little Ray Ray who like you and, and your ribs. And you saying your ribs went down three, three levels. And I'm like, fam, I can't help you with that. Right? So you ask the question, what do you see? Because he's like, okay, cool. You following me. But why? <laughs> so Jesus was like, yo, why, why, what do you see? And what was the answer? 
They said him rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher. There we go. He asked, what do you seek? And they said, teacher. But they didn't say Lord. <laughs> so Jesus is asking you, what do you seek from me? Because do you know follow me is going to be difficult? Do you know following me is not going to be always easy? So if you're seeking only blessings, then my friend, you, you won't be able to interpret what a real blessing is. Do you know you're blessed right now living and growing up in a home that may not be the most blessed situation? And right now you may be like, man, I, I hate it here. This sucks. Uh, my mom's trash. My dad's trash too. <laughs> like, like, I don't want to be here. But do you know that where you're at right now is a building block that will help you reach people? Like, how can I help you with fatherlessness if I wasn't fatherless? How can I help you with poverty and, and prosperity if I never went through poverty before? How can I tell you about what ramen noodles is like and, and bologna and cheese sandwiches and, 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 and grits and breakfast you have to eat three times a day? The same grits you ate at 8 o'clock, you ain't eating at 12 o'clock. Like, I know it's like to be poor when you come home and you flick the lights in and it's dark for three days because you don't got the money for the bill. I know what it's like to have the greatest Christmas ever. Let me tell you about the greatest Christmas ever for me. It was 1996. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm old, man. It was 1996. And I asked my mom, can I get a 10-speed bike and a basketball goal? That's all I want for Christmas. I don't want you. I just want that for my Christmas. You know, that's all I wanted for Christmas. Now, I just want a basketball goal and a bike. My mom met the deal, but it was on Lairway, so I watched to get put the bike behind the... I, you know, who knows about Lairway? They put my bike behind the register. We had to make payments, and my basketball goal was in the box. And, and it was the day before Christmas. My uncle came over to the house and put the basketball goal up. Man, I was out there just, that was when the hoop dreams was just about. You see what I'm saying? I was about to be in the backyard, be the next Jordan, right? My mom comes about a week later and says, we need to take those things back. We got to pay bills. Imagine riding with your boys. Everybody, I'm sl- you know, when you slide, you try to be with the guys, you, you, you ride on your bike and you slide, you slide, and you be like, yeah, <laughs> you see me, right? <laughs> you say, hey, y'all, y'all want to come hoop? I got a new goal. And then be in a situation where you got to watch it come down and take it back. That's how life can be sometimes. But if I didn't go through that, how can I connect with some of y'all whose y'all stuff got taken back? Or how can I connect? And so right now you may be like, man, following God may take me through the trenches. But that's how you get to the riches, because then you will be able to steward it. And so John was like, or, or they was like, uh, what do you seek? And they called him teacher. And they asked, where are you staying? That's, self, that's crazy, man. Where are you going? Where are you staying? They just selfish, man. Or maybe they wasn't. He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it's about the 10th hour. So he said, come and see. Don't you, Jesus is a smooth operator, man. He was like, first off, what do you seek? Oh, that's what you seek? Now come and see. We'll see if you really want to be with me. We'll, like, that's what you got to do. When a guy try to raise you up, he's going to be like, all right, what do you seek? <laughs> all right, come and see. Let's see if you really want to be with me. Fellas, when that girl come up to you, what do you seek? Come and see. Because my life may not be the life you want to live with. So we'll do part two because the bell's about to ring. But my question to you is, what do you see? And are you willing to see it through? Because if you're just trying to follow him to the blessings, 
then my friend, you won't be able to follow through because I want you to start thinking about who are you a disciple of? Are you truly a disciple of Jesus or are you a disciple of someone else that you admire? Any questions, thoughts, comments? All right, we're done for today.